Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. And welcome to the Man on the Post Weekend Review Podcast. It's week seven, and joining me this week, it's Dave. Hello, Chris. How are you doing? I'm not too bad, sir. Yourself? Yes, I'm glad to be back. Excellent, excellent. Uh, Ali did a sterling job last week in your absence, but it is good to have you back, sir. Yes, thank you both for, uh, I wouldn't say managing without me, but uh, (laughs) going above and beyond how how it normally is. So I, I felt a bit bad because we did give Newcastle a bit of a kick in, but <laughs> well, uh, well, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll come on to that in a bit. So it's week, well, game week, uh, match day seven in the Premier League. Uh, only nine games this weekend, as uh, Manchester United Arsenal is being played on Monday, uh, which is after we record this. So unfortunately, I won't be able to talk about that one. What a shame. Um, the weekend kicked off then with Sheffield United hosting European champions Liverpool. I'm pretty sure that's their f- official name now, uh, just like Frank Lampard's Chelsea FC. Um, Sheffield United put up a pretty decent performance uh, and unfortunately uh, could, couldn't in the end stop Liverpool from making it 16 wins in a row uh, in the Premier League now. Uh, but they were gifted a winner by uh, Manchester United goalkeeper. Yeah, it's funny how it works out, isn't it? But... <laughs> oh, yeah. But and for all, Sheffield United were, were good. They give a good account of themselves. Liverpool still missed three guilt-edged opportunities. Yeah. And I don't mean like chances they might have scored another day. Like these were three, basically sitters. Yeah. Um, the Salah one at the end is a one-on-one, which I mean we've seen him bury them mm-hmm. for about thirty times over the last couple of seasons. Did you notice him shit-talking Henderson as he was one-on-one with him? I did not. Was, <laughs> well, I'm presuming he was shit-talking him because, obviously, the more I see of Mohamed Salah, the, the more I hate the man. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, he put his hand up and was wagging at him or something. I don't know if he was pointing where he was going to put the ball or something. Yeah, it, it was really, really strange. When they showed... Because, obviously, on Match of the Day, they showed it in slow motion. They, were, I don't think they were focusing on him wagging his hand. I think they were just showing, like, Henderson coming out and making the save. Uh, but yeah, I couldn't help but notice he, he... Oh, sorry, that Henderson. I thought it meant Jordan Henderson. Which oh, I God, like, no. I can, I no, can no. understand that. Oh, yeah, no. No, no. Um, fucking, is it Dean, <laughs> Dean Henderson? Yes, uh, goalkeeper Henderson. Yeah, yeah, But yeah... Pop it on hands. Yeah, yeah. It, it was just really weird that he's one-on-one, like, late on in the game, and a uh, chance to kill the game off. And he's, he's, he's basically, it looked to me like he was giving the goalkeeper a bit of shit. Uh, but well, yeah, they, they missed a few chances. They managed to hit the post and stuff. This was the one where he got through one on one, make a long ball over the top, and instead of just you know calmly finishing, he, the it, he? he absolutely <laughs> sliced it. <him. laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. know what he was doing. Yeah, um, I say one thing I noticed about this game: teams were guilty of it. Players just not passing when they mm-hmm. there were opportunities to score. Salah obviously was guilty of it a couple of times, and I think there was the one. I think it was the one where Mane hit the post. Salah could have played a ball to Firmino earlier. And Firmino yeah. was completely unmarked, but he decided he wanted to try a couple more jinks. That made like a bit of a mess of that, didn't it? But like I said, I mean, Sheffield United were, were good. Um, I think they've been better than we all thought they'd be. I think we all kind of took them as a bit of a, not, not a joke, but I think we thought their overlapping centre-backs thing would be ripped to shreds. Yeah. But so far it hasn't been, and if it yeah. was going to be, it would have been by somebody like Liverpool. Yeah, they did, they, they did really well, to be fair. I'd yeah. say they deserved a point. Um. Yeah, probably. As I say, I mean, Liverpool missed some good chances. Um, Sheffield United had a couple of chances. The Leon Clark one was offside, so I refuse to discuss a man who wears gloves in September anyway. But um, see, I know Leon Clark personally, so like, like enough so you can come give me shit for this. Or oh no, no, I can't stand, I can't stand the man. But like, I used, (laughs) I used to, uh, I used to knock about his sister um, because he's from, he's from Wolverhampton originally, and. um, he used to live in in, in the same in the same cul de sac as us, and whatever. It was weird. I'd never seen the man play football until he p- turned up at Wolves. 
Wow. Really, really strange. Even from my time in the doing youth stuff with with, with, with Wolves, because he's only a couple of years younger than me. I'd never seen him. Never. He never played with us kids playing football in the street. Like. I don't say anything that's going to get me in trouble if any if Leon Clark's lawyers hear this, but like the man was a proper fucking sissy, like <coughs> like he was one you know one of them kids that just fucking cries at everything. That was Leon uh. Clark, but this is obviously when he was very young. This isn't like when he was fifteen or anything like this. Like this is this is like when he was like ju- infant junior school time and stuff like that. So it's it's weird when I remember seeing him at Wolves and he being a bit of a dickhead. And then I think it was when he was at Swindon. He had an argument in Decanio. Oh yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah. 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 And I'm thinking that's not the Leon Clark I know. Like he he would have gone and cried in the back of the stand. I can I just imagine like. <laughs> Leon Clark lawyers called up Ross and then we'd like to, you know, hold you to account or remark that Leon Clark's a sissy. And then <laughs> yeah. as our first defence in court, we just hold him up like it's a picture of him wearing gloves. It's t- <laughs> stamped like 28th of September. Uh, like, I rest my case, and no jury would convict you for that. Oh, so that's all. I, that's all. I, I think right. we're fine. Yeah. So, but yeah, he, he, yeah, he was he was just one of those kids and stuff like that. So, yeah, to see him playing in the Premier League was weird, and yeah, the, the chance he missed. Was, I, no, I kind of assumed they just got rid of him over the summer because he was. Yeah, I didn't uh, think he was still there. He, I don't think he was that much a regular last season, was he? Because they have you know better players than him. But mm-hmm. here we are. I suppose David McGoldrick's injured, and when that happens, yeah. If you think you're worse than David McGoldrick, you, you're kind of scraping the barrel already. One thing I noticed in this game as well, I, I know we mentioned the uh, the lack of final passes and stuff like that. Well, do you think McBurney's got any friends at Sheffield United? Absolutely not. Because no one would pass to him. No, I don't think it's limited to Sheffield United either. I think it generally goes through life as a very lonely man. <laughs> yeah. I just, I just get that impression with him. It, it, it was really strange. Like there was a few chances he was in good positions to score. Now I experienced this when I play football, but as I say, I'm a 38 year old fat man. He's a, <laughs> he's like a 20 odd year old fucking 20 million pound Premier League striker, and it, 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 there were plenty of times when like they just but it looked like they were refusing to pass to him. Weird. Yeah. Did you know that um, both of Genie Wijnaldum's away goals for Liverpool have uh, have not hit the back of the net? <laughs> That's a fucking stat and a half. Oh, well. <laughs> wow! Yeah. C- come at me, Opta. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's a fu- that is a fucking stat. I don't want. I don't even want to know how you got that. It's just. It's just all in there somewhere, Chris. It just wow. depends when it comes out. <laughs> wow, because he didn't hit the ball particularly well either, did he? It, it was more of a, like, oh, well, I've got to hit this. The thing is, I saw Henderson make that, that exact error for the under-21s in the summer where they were getting beat, must have been 3-2, I think, at the time, and mm-hmm. Romania had a shot. And it was a piece of piss from him, so he went to pick it up and basically kick it all in one movement, but then forgot to actually pick it up. Wow. You can see what he was thinking. He's like, let's get this safe, get down the end of the field, and uh, he forgot to do, you know. The whole saving I think, thing. I so. think what annoyed me the most is after it had gone through him, his hands and his legs, he turned around and just literally watched it go in. You know, sometimes you see them like that desperate lunge. <laughs> there was none of that. He literally it was just like, oh, yeah, that's going to spin in. Because it was spinning as well. There was no pace on the ball. Like, I think on a wetter day, it probably wouldn't have gone in and stuff like that. Yeah, I, I, that annoyed me a bit. Like, at, least, at least look like you're going to try and recover it. Uh, and stuff like that. But yeah, I say even Jurgen Klopp uh, fought Sheffield United deserved a draw. Uh, Chris Wilder though was his usual happy fucking self. Uh, he he was furious, absolutely oh, he said, furious. He said we need the, we need the points. Like well, you do, but it's I mean Liverpool at home is not really going to make or break your season, Chris. Let's be honest. That's a, that's a free it really, isn't it? You not know, pretty much. Yeah. Liverpool are unbeaten in the league. I say sixteen wins in a row, only two wins away from the from equaling the, the Premier League record. You know. Not playing well and still and still smashing results, which is basically the theme of the season for them. Yeah, you know, it's, that's like him being unhappy if Man City spank like get a one 0 win against them. I was really looking forward to uh, Liverpool v Leicester next weekend, but it's uh, <laughs> but it's not on telly, so oh, that's unusual considering like Leicester are third. Mm. And they're probably well. Leicester are probably the best attacking team in the league at the moment. Sky have opted for West Ham v Crystal Palace instead. So, oh fucking hell! Fucking hell. <laughs> I had pl- I had plans next Sunday afternoon. I'm cancelling them. Right hey, that's now. that's Saturday night. Sunday. Oh uh, oh, hey, oh. S- Sunday's um, Newcastle v Man United. No oh, fucking hell. Yeah, yeah, I might leave that one to you then. Uh, so, talking of goalkeeping howlers, then we'll move on to the three, the Saturday three o'clock. Only one place to start. It's the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, I think it's still called, uh, where they hosted Southampton. And Hugo Lloris had the most Hugo Lloris game of his fucking life, didn't he? Uh, he did. 
Is it, is it you or Ali who hates Hugo Lloris? Uh, Ali really hates him. Oh, okay. uh, not as much as he like like hates uh, Harry Kane, obviously. I, I swear um. Ali's an Arsenal fan. Um, I'm not. <laughs> but, I'm not his biggest fan, Lloris, but I, I, he, he's a, he. Well, he has been a good goalkeeper in the past. I think what annoys us most is he's the captain. Like, yeah. If you if, if if you were one up at home and you've got you're down to ten men, why the fuck are you trying to do <laughs> a cross turn on your line three yards from your own goal line? Like, it's just irresponsible. I mean, yes, he made up for it with some some good saves. Yeah, he, might, he did half, make but, he did make some fantastic saves. But I mean, that. what do you say as the captain at half time? Like. <laughs> Soz. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, sorry, lads. Yeah, come on. No, no mistakes, lads. Dig in. And I'm like, hang on, what? Uh, oh. I mean, by contrast, just to annoy Ali even further, uh, I thought Harry Kane was the real captain in this game. I thought he led the line really well, especially considering they were down to 10 men. He took mm-hmm. his goal well. Yeah, he's got a good finish. Generally, his hold-up play and you know, relieving the pressure on, on a, a 10-man defence. Mm-hmm. He was excellent. Um so fair play to him for that. It was the most Spurs performance of the, uh, ever, though, wasn't it? Because Aurier did the, the most Aurier thing he could uh, by getting sent off within 30-odd minutes uh, for two yellow cards in four minutes. I would probably argue he should have been ready carded for the first tackle. Mm, possibly. I, I don't think that first tackle was much... much Well, not... Uh, hang on. Get my words right, Chris. Um, I don't think there was much difference between the tackle that Oreo made yesterday and the tackle that Hayden made this afternoon, apart uh, from the contact. And the colour of the shirt he was wearing. Well, yeah, I suppose. <laughs> um, possibly. I mean, it was it was borderline. Um, what did you make of Spurs players complaining for the second yellow that the ball had gone to play? Um, it, it looked like it might have done, but... It didn't get given and it, either way, did well, it? it so. like, well, that's it. If the ref has gone out, then it's yeah. still in, and therefore pulling back a man who's run away from you is a yellow card offence. Yeah, so. yeah, that's right. And it was, it was, you could, yeah, you could. It's, it's, it's a little bit soft for a second yellow. You know, some referees, when you've had a, one yellow, especially like that quick in succession, you might think, okay, I'll let him off with one and whatever. But Serge Aurier, he'd have been sent off within the next ten minutes anyway, because that's, <laughs> that's what he does. That is what he does. But yeah, I did. I did find interesting as well. He, uh, Luis's howler. Do you see his interview after the game? Yes. Where it yeah. sounded to me like he was blaming the manager. Oh, and Poch- well, Pochettino said blame me anyway, didn't he? Because of the way he likes him to play out or some bollocks. But but that's not playing out from the back. It wasn't. No, well, this, just... this wasn't a goal kick. He, the ball was passed to him. Oh yeah, I don't you know. we can blame anyone but himself. Really, <laughs> yeah, I mean, but... the manager can only set you up so much. Like yeah. as I said earlier, if you if you're down to ten men and you've got the ball on your own line. Just clear it. Like yeah. I mean, there was no one near him. <laughs> Ings had time to get to him while he was fucking about. It was like he was playing FIFA and got his finger stuck on the trigger. But I mean, Danny Ings has got two goals this season by just being <laughs> in, in the way, basically. Yeah, yeah ab- absolutely ridiculous. I thought Southampton played really well. Um, obviously, Spurs had ten men uh, and stuff like that. But Southampton looked alright and could, you know, Laurie's made some cracking saves. That free kick from uh, James Ward-Prowse. Yeah, was I mean, going in all day. I mean, I mean we've talked about his quality before, with, with mm-hmm. the dead ball in particular. But so that was a bit of a funny one, aren't they? Because uh, they were awful last week against Bournemouth, mm-hmm. uh, and they looked, you know, reasonable here. Um, Still didn't win though. The fourteenth, they've got seven points. Like that's that's probably about where you'd expect them to be, but. Mm-hmm. I don't know whether I should be underwhelmed with them or not, but it's well, really... there was a lot of expectation on this season, wasn't there? Because I say Hurst and Hurtle came in last season, immediately picked them up. They played some good football, and I think as I, I think I, even I said at the beginning of the season, I expected them to have a, a decent season off the back of it. You know, maybe challenging for a top ten position. Mm. Well, I certainly, I thought they'd be pushing, you know, eleventh, twelfth kind of area. Mm. Um, I. I I mean, a lot depended on Chad Adams hitting the ground run, which he hasn't yet. I don't, has he scored yet? I don't think he has. I don't, no, I don't think so. So, you know, if you're going to spend £40 million on a striker who hasn't scored, then uh, it probably won't help. At least he starts him. But we'll come on to other teams in a moment. <laughs> uh, Saturday games then. Uh, Chelsea entertained Brighton, uh, where Frank Lampard, Chelsea FC, uh, got their first home win of the season. Um, this game didn't seem... Even the highlights weren't that interesting in this game. I just feel like Chelsea came and pretty much dominated the ball, as you'd expect. Mm-hmm. Couldn't score. Abraham had a day we know he's capable of having where he doesn't you know, doesn't score. Um, and then they got the penalty straight after half-time, which 
I mean, it probably is a penalty, but it looked a bit soft to me. Yeah, but... it's a mistake from Webster, though, wasn't it? You... And yeah. then like, re- recovering. I mean, it, it is a pen. Like, you can argue it's not, but it, it just it didn't look natural, if you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it, it... Um, Brighton then had a bit of a go, uh, maybe the last 20 minutes. Dan Byrne, uh, one's favourite, <laughs> I think, hit the bar. Uh, and then Willian deflected shot, game over. Yeah, I thought it, it was... Could... It... Oh, sorry. I was going to say, it was just routine. I wouldn't say there was anything you could really read into it. Yeah. Mason Mount seemed to have a decent game. You know, Chelsea had quite a few chances. Um, but it was interesting. Like, on Match of the Day, they were talking about, oh, how long is it before Brighton go back to, like, the way they're known for playing and stuff like that. And I thought they'd already done that in this game because they weren't the same attacking Brighton we've seen and stuff like that. And they relied a lot on Matt Ryan digging them out. He made some great saves in the game, which is how Brighton survived the last two seasons, basically. Yeah, I saw their lineup and it looked like they went back to a back four with Dan Byrne at left back, which I don't really think suits them. Uh, it certainly doesn't suit them. I, mean, I thought they were brilliant last week against us. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we were we were terrible and we made it easy for them, but that system seemed to suit them quite well. Mm. Um, so I was kind of surprised they abandoned that, but at least with the manager, he seems quite willing to change things as the game goes on. Because yeah. uh, I think they bought on. Uh, bong at half time for Basuma, so that's not really a straight swap, and he obviously changed the system a bit. But um, I think Brighton are, are light of goals. Um, yeah. Mopé hasn't really done it that much yet. I think he scored like maybe one or two, but um, they need him to to fight at a level Glenn Murray did, which yeah. shouldn't really be that hard. But, oh no, yeah. uh, seemingly it is. So. Yeah, so no wins since the opening day of the season. That's that six games without a win for Brighton, and considering they yeah they've got a bit of praise for being a more attacking side. Yeah, there's just no goals in them, is there? It doesn't look like it. Um, that kid they've got uh, is it Alzadi or Alzad? I don't know how you'd say it, but he's now got two two yellows in two games for diving. So oh, okay, I didn't I missed that. Good old English youth coming through. Yeah, yeah that's it. Getting getting in there. Uh, yeah, not much else to say about that game really either. Yeah, Williams goal was deflected in, um, but yeah, so I, I thought Ryan had a decent game. He's a good shot stopper, yeah, Ryan, very. but he's um, he's a bit small. Mm-hmm. I think I think I didn't do him many favours, but no, he's he's reasonable. Yeah. On to the two, uh, I suppose, surprise packages of the early stage of the season: uh, West Ham and Bournemouth. I believe both teams started in the top four this weekend going into the uh, game. Uh, let's say yes. Yeah, because I know West Ham up until today's result were third, I think, in the league. Yeah, they're fourth, they're fourth now. Yeah. Really elastic, had them, so, yeah. They've had, had, had a really good start. Uh, so, yeah, Bournemouth and West Ham. A game that produced 30 attempts on goal. It was... And, and you know, this is a game that doesn't involve an Arsenal defence. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I did think this was bound to be a both teams to score kind mm-hmm. of game. Yeah, and interestingly, it was a, uh, it was a VAR got involved quite a few times. Uh, so Yarmolenko continued his scoring run. I think he's got three and four games since coming back from his long-term injury. Uh, King and Wilson scoring for Bournemouth to put them 2-1 up. Uh, and then Aaron Creswell scoring for the second weekend in a row uh, to snatch a late equaliser. Um, but yeah, both teams played really well. They were both settled lineups. I think it was um, both teams didn't make any changes to the lineup uh, from their previous games. Um uh, the the only interesting thing I've got really down here is that Fabianski went off injured. He, he did his fight in uh, and was yeah, yeah. replaced by Roberto. Um, but yeah, an, yeah, a pretty open game. It was. Um, Ryan Fraser was ill again for Bournemouth. Which yeah, I, I saw you I mention this. It's a bit weird, isn't it? Uh, as you said, uh, no contractitis. Uh, it could happen. Uh, so, I mean, Solanke's still playing for Bournemouth, even though he's like the least threatening man in probably both teams. <laughs> like, um, so, yeah, I mean, I, we, we're like Bournemouth. We know how they, how they attack. We know they're a good side in that, in that regard. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's a limit on what they're going to achieve with Steve Cook on the field. Um, yeah. I, I don't think he's a Premier League centre-half. I never really have. Um, and West Ham... Yarmolenko looks really good again. Yeah, I say Anderson had a, had a few decent chances. Had that one overhead kick. Uh, he looked more like himself. Uh, Haller was great for the opener. That touch, yeah, yeah, w- was was really really good. Uh, I think this was the first instance I can f- recall of VAR giving a goal <laughs> rather than taking <laughs> one away. It feels like it, doesn't it? Mm. Um, I mean, they got the right decision though. Um, yeah. And then the one in the second half, you're happy about one being disallowed for Bournemouth? <sighs> I don't know. You know, I'm not. I'm not. Too sure. It was, it, was, it was offside, wasn't it? 
It was yeah. I think it was Wilson was in the goalkeeper's eye line yeah. when, when the shot came in. I think he was. But then d- didn't it hit him on the way in? I'm sure I've seen a replay where <coughs> it hit somebody on the way in and stuff like that. So, but then you get the old is he interfering with play? But yes, he's in front of the goalkeeper, so he is. Yeah. But then you see other instances where that sort of thing isn't given as well, don't you? I think it depends like where the ball goes in the goal. Like it flies in the top corner, like. It doesn't really matter who's in your way. Yeah. Like you're not going to save it anyway. But it didn't. Um, I can't remember if it deflected who, who it deflected off rather. But uh, I think I, I remember seeing it at the time and thinking it was it would look like the right decision. Uh, but yeah, uh, King probably should have had a penalty. Mm, well, the problem with this is that he has hold of the other guy as well. I suppose. And, but... and as soon as that as soon as that happens, if you review it, then you say, well, King's fouled the defender because you've got hold of him. Yeah, I said the defenders do seem to get the benefit in everything at the moment, though, don't they? Well, I think if they'd given it on field, they wouldn't have overturned it and said it's not a penalty. Yeah. But uh, I think, I say, because they kind of had all of each other, you cannot really say, well, one's more of a foul than not, so you just let it go. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, I'm just kind of all right with that decision. But yeah, I say West Ham having a great start to the season. I think they lost their first game of the season. Uh, was it Man- they played Man City in their first game. Oh season, yes, they got and, hammered, and, but I mean, and, and then yeah, and then they've they've gone yeah, done really I mean, well since. Unbeaten in well six, yeah, mm-hmm. um, and the fourth, yeah. which is fair play to them. And say they'll, they'll probably be Crystal Palace next Saturday live on Sky. So I mean, <laughs> <laughs> what a time we'll have! <laughs> Excellent. Uh, so the, other, the it was the Claret and Blue Derby at Villa Park uh, as Aston Villa took on Burnley. Um, both teams dis- had a go at hitting free kicks off the off the woodwork, uh, pretty early doors. I said Dwight McNeil's was a cracker, though. To be fair, yeah, it was. It, uh, it didn't really look on, did it? But he uh, he got a lot of power behind it. Yeah, I say VAR played its part here as well. With uh, John McGinn having a goal disallowed. <laughs> Again, yes, I guess he is technically offside, but it's one of those which is quite annoying because it mm. hasn't really altered the play that much, but. Yeah. He made up for it though, didn't he? He's got, he's got a pretty good goal. Yeah, I mean, John McGinn's good. He's a good centre midfield player. Seems to have a good shot on him, good eye for goal. Um, just annoying that he plays for Villa, really. Isn't it? Yeah, so when well, Man United raffed him for 50 million, remember, in the summer. Um, but yeah, I say it looked, it looked like it was all Villa in the first half. Uh, Sean Dyche made a change of system in the second half. Uh, apparently, he went to a 4 3 3 with Ashley Barnes playing on the right, which is something we haven't seen for a while. Um, but yeah, Villa have lost the most points from winning positions this season. Uh, there, seems, there seems to have been quite a few games where you say, oh, Villa have played really well, but come away with a, a point or nothing. I was quite surprised to see their um, 18th. Uh, for some reason, mm-hmm. I thought they had more points than they actually do, but uh, yeah. as you say, they seem to score and throw it away. Yeah, I said they had the game against Spurs, didn't they, where they were doing all right, and then Harry Kane got two goals at the end against Arsenal last weekend. They were, you know, 2 nil up, threw it away. You know, and you could probably argue they threw this away. Um, you know, say Chris Wood popping up with a late equaliser. Uh, Algarzi, who scored the first goal for Villa, got injured in the build-up to uh, Jay Rodriguez's equaliser. Uh, uh, how good, did, how well did Eric Peters do to get a cross in from that position? Yeah, I say after smashing him in the face, Algarzi well, yeah, in the face. That's, that's, after... that's, that's by the bat. That's just, <laughs> the sto- that's just the stoke in him coming out. I mean, that's fine. But... Um, but yeah, so it looked like a fairly entertaining game, which is something you don't usually see from like uh, Burnley uh, and stuff like that. But yeah, I, th- I think Villa will. I think Villa will be all right. They, I think they've just got to get a run up. Run up. I think once they get a couple of wins under them, it'll give them that bit of confidence because they've got the making of a decent team there by the looks of it. Yeah, it's, a, it's annoying really because I was kind of hoping Villa would be <laughs> would would be keeping us off the off the out the bottom three, but yeah. uh, they look like they've got stuff in reserve that we just don't have so uh, yeah I, I think I think they'll be in, in and around the bottom five six all season but uh, I think they'll be alright uh, Staying in the West Midlands then Wolves finally got a win uh, in the league against Watford who seem to be doing a good job of making Arsenal look even worse uh, since they got that 2-2 draw with us I thought oh that's it Watford are back up, back on the up back up being the Watford of last season then they go and lose 8-0 and then 2-0 to a Wolves team that hasn't been able to get get a, a, a win anywhere uh, Danny Wilbeck and is it Emilio Saar Watford's record signing made their debuts oh yeah yeah. I think Saar had come off the bench in a couple of games but it was his first start um, but Say so Watford didn't look very good in this game at all, um, and Armando Traore 
I know we've said this earlier in the season, but he's a different player. Yeah, he looks uh, twice the player he was last mm-hmm. year. Um, he's learnt to look up. I know, it's amazing <laughs> what difference it makes, isn't it? Um, I think we always knew Wolves weren't going to get relegated. Mm-hmm. Um, and playing in a week where they didn't have the Europa League was obviously going to help. They couldn't have had opponents, well, they were the but they couldn't have, you know, <laughs> what what sort of about as good opponents you, you could wish for at the minute. Um, they, they are terrible, aren't they? Yeah, um, they, they were so poor. Like, on match of the day, they were just showing, like, highlighting the space that they were leaving. A, a team like Wolves who would attack, you know. I, I, when I saw the lineups this one, I was surprised that um, with Yotta being out, that they didn't play Catrone. Yeah, so yeah. you know they spent a lot of money on the strike, and they bought in Neto, who's like a, like a young lad that they've bought in. He's made a few appearances. He looks all right, but looking at the way Watford played, you could see why because he he's he's good in space, and, mm. and they had they had tons of space. Yeah, it's, it's very odd because especially with, with uh, Sanchez Flores going back in at Watford, mm-hmm. um, he's meant to be a more defensive-minded manager. Um, was meant to sort of make Watford harder to beat. And so far, it hasn't really been the case. Nothing, um, nothing's changed? No, I mean, obviously, they shipped eight last week, which <laughs> I know they're playing Man City, who are on fire, but, you know, who ships eight goals to Man City? Yeah. No one, really. Um, they they look atrocious. Um, they've got no goals in them, and they're shipping lots of goals, which is a disaster waiting to happen. Yeah, I think they've scored four, conceded 22. In in seven games, that's not good, is it? <laughs> okay, yeah, eight of them were against Man City, but you know, it's still not good at all. And I say, and I don't think they put on much of a threat. You know, Patricio made two. I'd call them saves. He kept the ball out of his net, but like a a, a better team would probably have punished those errors. And the, stuff like the, that. the problem is as well for Watford is if they get dragged in any sort of relegation scrap, they don't have the type of players right now who will get them out of it. Yeah. Um, I mean, presumably Dean will come back in once he's fit, which will, you know, he's we know he's up for a fight. Um, but that back four is not great, is it? Yeah, so they bought Craig Dawson, isn't they? and I think you said at the time that wasn't the sort of player you'd you'd bring in to strengthen a, a back line. Well, not Watkinson. What would have finished eighth? Surely they could have done better than Craig Dawson. They didn't finish eighth. They finished eleventh in the end. Oh, sorry, yes. Yeah, sorry, they, dropped, they, they dropped off, didn't they? Because they had the old final-itis. Yeah, yeah, but, the, um, you know, they got to the FA Cup final. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I suppose getting away with 6-5 in the Cup final six, was... 6-6, yeah, lost 6 now. Yeah, it was better than the 8 to ship last week, so, I mean, they're getting worse. Um, I mean, they still play Craig Cathcart. That can't help, surely. Like. <laughs> yeah, I remember when he was in the Premier League playing for Blackpool. It was bad enough then. He was younger, <laughs> a lot younger then. Um... <laughs> But yeah, yeah, I, I don't know what Watford are going to do. I say I, I thought they'd improved when we gifted them a two-two two draw the other week, but they're getting worse. I mean, they've got two points and they come from our two teams. So what does that tell you? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the thing as well. Like, I think Watford were worse this week than they were last week. Uh, yes. Yeah. yeah. I'd say that's... If they'd have played Man City this weekend, they'd. Have, I think it'd have been more than eight. <laughs> it, 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 they, they, they were atrocious. Uh, okay, moving on to the last of the three o'clock then. It was Crystal Palace taking on Norwich. Uh, Crystal Palace unbeaten at home this season. Okay, it's only three games, but apparently it's something they'd never done before in the Premier League. Uh, won three, uh, you know, three games in a row at home, which is weird. Although they did, was it last? It was last season, was it when they had a really good away record, but hadn't won at home all, like most uh, of the season. That sounds felt possible, yeah. And stuff like that. But then, obviously, Palace were unbeaten at home. Norwich hadn't won away. I thought Norwich were going to go and smash them, uh, to be fair. Uh, but no, uh, Palace won away 2-0 winners. Uh, predicted top score for the season, Havic got a penalty. Andros then scoring late on. Uh, interestingly, Tim Crawl was too injured for this game, uh, despite playing injured against Man City the other week mm. and last week. Uh, but he decided he wanted this weekend off. Uh, uh, Farman, who's on loan from Schalke, came in and decided after about half the game he'd had <laughs> enough. Uh, and they brought on another goalkeeper. Um, but yeah, and uh, one thing I was really surprised at, that, so Milihevic scored the penalty. It was Percy's first penalty of the season. It took them seven games to get a penalty. I know, in this VAR <laughs> era as well. Yeah, I know, yeah. yeah. Absolutely ridiculous. And it wasn't even Zaha who, who went down. I think it's kind of ridiculous that Palace have got 11 points and scored 6 goals yeah. like that's, It's the most that's, un-Palace that's, thing ever that's, isn't that's it? That's not a good ratio is it? Like, <laughs> um, I, 
Palace annoy me because they're fundamentally not very good, but uh, <laughs> they beat the teams around them yeah. at home, especially. Uh, I mean, they've got Jordan Ayew or Benteke as, as their striking options, and it's yeah, four goals in what fifty games, Benteke. As, as many as that. Still, still starting in the Premier League. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, I mean, I don't think Norwich are very good. I know they beat Man City the other week, but in a weird kind of way, that might be the worst thing that's ever happened to them because now they're always going to be trying to hit that standard. They, they and, did, yeah, they didn't look very good in this game at all. There were times that I think there was the one where um, Aaron's was completely switched off, and like a Palace player just got ahead of him and you know didn't score in the end. But yeah, they were just. They didn't look the attacking Norwich team that we've we've seen. No, and uh, I mean I think obviously they're going to be better at home than they are away, um, but they just they play that kind of style, which is quite nice to play against if you're organised at home, because the Norwich will come at you and they'll leave lots of gaps. Mm-hmm. And you know, I mean, obviously the second goal was kind of a counter attack, uh, Zaha playing in Townsend, but um, you never really fancied Norwich against now this yeah. as the game went on. I was going to say that the second goal, he probably shouldn't have gone in. Really, I don't think Town, considering how Townsend can hit a ball, mm. he didn't even hit it that well. But it was in the last minute as well, wasn't it? So I suppose the only thing you'd say is that Norwich have still got quite a lot of injuries, certainly defensively. I think mm-hmm. um, so. They might, you know, they might get better, but uh, I think people have been caught up in the hype a bit with Norwich. Yeah, after a good start. Uh, we're rattling through these, sir. Uh, on to the uh, evening game then. It was Everton hosting Man City at Goodison Park. Uh, Theo Walcott got his first start for Everton this season. Lasted about 18 seconds uh, before taking a cross to the head. Now, yeah. I turned the game on as this happened. And I thought he'd injured his shoulder. Because mm. the, the way he was rolling around on the floor. And they got the stretcher around him and stuff like that. It was only later that I found out he'd taken a, a cross to the head. No. I don't want to make light of a head injury because it's no, me ne- very, me neither, but... a very serious thing. But if... I mean, it wasn't a shot, it was a cross, right? Yeah. So that's, uh, it hasn't exactly been struck with a mass amount of venom. Yeah. And it's knocked him out. Mm-hmm. Is there an argument that these balls are too hard? Because either his head is very, very soft. That shouldn't be enough to knock someone out. The, and that Premier League ball isn't that hard. Like, the... So when I play, we play. We've got a Premier League ball, and we've got mm-hmm. one of the mitre balls that they use in the Championship. Right, right? that mitre ball that they play in the Championship is like fucking concrete. <laughs> right, it, getting it in the air takes some effort and stuff. Like that. So, so when I see like Championship teams long balling, I'm thinking, Jesus Christ, that centre back has got fucking feet of concrete <laughs> and stuff like that. I hate playing because I'm a long ball player. I hate playing with that mitre ball. The Nike Premier League balls, like, so that you've got the Audium and the Strike and whatever this one's called, right? They are beautiful balls. They float through the air. They've got such a good weight to them whatsoever. So I am really surprised that that has knocked Theo Walcott out. And it hit him in the side of the head, though, so it could have been in the temple, I suppose. Yeah, that's true. And stuff like that. It could just be one of those things. Uh, they took him straight to a hospital as well. Um, I couldn't believe what I was saying. Like I say, like if it had been a, like a you know a thunderbolt smash that smashed them in the face yeah. and knocked them out, and you say, well, you know, that's fair enough. Yeah, point well, back range or something, but it wasn't. Well, it, there was a bit of distance to it as well. Uh, it just didn't. It didn't seem right. Um, but who knows? We're not medical professionals. Yeah, but. I, say, I hope he's all right. Uh, it's not never nice to see someone being being stretched off of a head injury and whatever. No. Uh, but yeah, you know, really, really strange. Uh, but back to the game. Everton um, continued their ridiculous rotation system of Dominic Calvert-Lewin getting rotated in for a much better striker and scoring. Although you could argue that he's a shitbag for scoring that goal. Uh, you got to make sure. <laughs> God, yeah. <laughs> I suppose the argument could be made it could have hit the post and span out or something. Imagine but... though if, that, if he'd been offside. Like... <laughs> yeah. I mean, Coleman already looked quite mad at him when it was given. Like, <laughs> I know, yeah, it's ridiculous. Uh, but talking of strange decisions, you know, Aguero was benched as well. Scored eight goals this season. Yeah, we're going to leave you on the bench for this one. Yeah, no, perhaps the reason for this is that Aguero didn't play the first Champions League game and he wants all players to play all competitions. Mm-hmm. So he's going to play Aguero on, let's say, Tuesday, Wednesday, whenever it is. And that was his reason. And it's just... <sighs> It's so hard to figure out like what what he's going to do with those, with that squad because he he's got an embarrassment of riches. I mean, Jesus took his goal well, in mm-hmm. fairness to him, but uh, I just think Aguero gives him so much more. Yeah, definitely. You know, he came on and he he was involved in the other two goals, basically. 
Yeah, um, I'd like to give some credit to Riyad Mahrez as well. Who yeah, I think, great free kick. Other than De Bruyne, I think Mahrez has been the kind of X factor this season. Mm-hmm. Um, there's you know two or three games now where he's really taken it by the scuff of the neck. I thought he was really good yesterday. Yeah, you know he's come in in place of uh, racist uh, Bernardo Silva. Um, we're not going to talk about that. So I don't think Silva started this game anyway. Uh, yeah, did really well. Uh, uh, Gundogan, uh, Mister an absolute howler, uh, which was ridiculous. Oh, yeah. You made a joke about it on Twitter, though. Did you say? I didn't know. So someone tweeted him like, "Oh, how did you miss that?" And he replied, "Please don't tell EA Sports FIFA. They'll knock my rating down for shooting next season." <laughs> Uh, uh, yeah, uh, De- times you can have. I know. Yeah, De Bruyne's ball for uh, for Jesus's goal though, fucking beautiful, wasn't it? Nice. I mean, he, pinpoint. He is, the, he is the best player in the league at the minute, isn't he? Yeah. He's uh, absolutely on fire every week. Because I thought, I, I actually thought Jesus had gone gone early for it because he was under the ball mm, as he's headed yeah. it. But like, it was such a great ball, he only had to touch it, and, and it was going in. Uh, yeah, Seamus Coleman looked furious with Dominic Calvert Lewin. Um, but yeah, I suppose they they all count. Uh, I thought Everton gave a good game of it though, in, until the second goal. Yeah, I was a bit worried for them when they went one 0 down because uh, mm. obviously they haven't been great recently. Yeah. Um, again, I was very surprised to see how low down the table they are. Yeah, uh, they're fifteenth now, mm-hmm. um, and as I mentioned on Sky, they they haven't played any of the top six yet, or any of the, the big six, if you like. Yeah. Yet. Um, so they've got all that to come. Yeah, and so, they're already fifteenth, so. Yeah, so obviously they had to change their shape when Walcott went off after... Well, he went down in the first minute, didn't he? And it took him about five minutes to get him off the pitch. But so they had to... Well, Iwobi came on, didn't he? So then I think Richarlison went out to the right. Uh, Iwobi on the left. Yeah, So it was a bit of a change for him, I suppose. Uh, Sterling scored his 100th Premier League... Uh, well, his 100th goal. Wasn't even his 100th Premier League goal. His 100th goal in all competitions. Uh, kept on his good scoring record. Uh, I, I wasn't, that, in, yeah, I wasn't you, sure he went in. It was only just over the line. I thought it was well in, but it looked maybe two or three inches, uh, two or three centimetres over the line mm-hmm. completely. Um, I thought he was terrible yesterday still. He didn't have a great game. He wasn't as involved as he usually is. I think well, Mahrez thought that man. Mahrez was involved in everything. He just missed a couple of good chances. Um, mm-hmm. There was one-on-one, which he slid well wide of the yep. post, which was odd. Um, and there's a couple where he just touched him down or he you know, made the wrong choice, but... I guess he's allowed an off day every now and again. Oh, that's it, yeah. They come away with a win. That's, that's, that's the main thing, isn't it? So yeah, we, we've yeah. spoken about plenty of teams who have uh, not playing well and not finishing and stuff like that. As long as they come away with a win, they, they're going to be happy. You know, the, I suppose the only pressure he, he's got is the way that team, you know, the quality they've got is he, he could lose his place. You'd you'd feel you you'd feel a bit hard done with, with how how his form has been in general. That's, but I say Aguero was benched. <laughs> I wouldn't say there was a chance of missing out because there's actually no one who can really play his position. If you're going to if you play, well, I suppose Sarnay's out, isn't he? Yeah. Exactly. And if you yeah. play a left footer there, um, you know you, you put Mara's out there, you lose him cutting inside and shooting. Bernardo Silva, I guess, could do it, but you prefer to have him out on the right or in the centre. Mm-hmm. Um, the only other option really is to put Jesus out there, which I think they've tried when Jesus first came there. To yeah, he, yeah, he played out there a few times. Um, but. He didn't seem that keen on playing in Jesus and Aguero, so I, I don't think Stone's got much to worry about. Yeah, still five points behind Liverpool, Man City at the moment. I know, but uh, you Liverpool aren't going to win forever. Well, we have. I, I, I mean, they're obviously doing a pretty good job of it right now, but I think uh, you know all, all they've got to do is draw a couple of games, and Man mm-hmm. City to win those games, and it's you know more or less back on an even keel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, on to Sunday's games then, in record time. It was only one game on Sunday, and... So I know there was only one game on a Sunday, which is unusual in itself, mm. uh, and stuff like that. But did you get the feeling that Sky weren't interested in this game at all, and they have oh. just showing it for contractual obligations? A thousand percent, yeah. Because was, uh... only Graham Shunsunas was in the studio. Like they didn't bother getting anybody else in, you know, not even Victor, Victor and Ichibi, who they <laughs> fucking for some reason they roped in for the Saturday night game and stuff like that. You know, it was literally just what is it, Dave Jones and and Sooners, and even Sooners didn't look like he wanted to be there and stuff like that. And then they spent every opportunity talking about either Man United Arsenal tomorrow, the MLS games and the NFL tonight, and, and that was it. And I was just like, wow. <laughs> This is ridiculous. This is this is this is is terrible. Um, but yeah, so I didn't see that. I only saw. I, my attention wasn't totally on this game, but I, I'll let you take it away, sir. 
Right, well, first of all, we changed our lineup, which you probably saw. We went to 4-4-1-1 for some god-awful reason, despite all the evidence showing that as a back four were terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I, I guess, I think Willems must have got injured during the week, and Richie was still crippled from uh, Hamza Chowdhury in the, in the, in the Cup game. Mm-hmm. So I guess we had no left wing-back option. So kind of was had his hands tied. It was either Mankey or going to back four, so I can kind of understand why he did it. But, <laughs> um, there's just... There seems to be a, an ongoing sort of thing here where if we try anything other than three at the back, we get ripped a bit. So we tried this at Norwich and we got hammered. Um, and we tried it here. And uh, it was just a, it was appalling. And we had... We looked all right for 10 minutes and then once Leicester scored, no one seemed to know what they were doing. Mm-hmm. Didn't have a foothold in the game at any point. Um, and then obviously Hayden's red card, which... What, what do you think, red card? Yeah, I thought it was shocking. Yeah, it's not it's not a good tackle. Um I think the conditions made it look possibly worse than it was because he you can see he doesn't really have his feet planted because he yeah. uh, he, he slips a little bit but he's out of control, isn't he? That's, he, he completely that's the is. Point. You cannot argue that and you know, I wouldn't even waste time appealing it because it's already been checked by VAR. So mm-hmm. um doing without Hayden for three games is not gonna be good for us either. Um Key came on doesn't make a tackle, doesn't, unless he's got the ball at his feet, he's, he's a passenger. And I used to quite like Key, but the couple of games he's played this season, he, he just isn't involved. If we don't have the ball, he's he's, just, he's absolutely no use to us whatsoever. Um, Longstaff doesn't look anywhere near the player he did last season, but then again, not many of them do. Mm-hmm. Um, Joe Linton, we paid £40 million for him. He's looked alright at times though, hasn't he? But not in this... I, I, the problem is, he, he needs to be in the opposition penalty area to see how good he is and we yeah. just never we're, never we're never there um, if Alan Smith tells me one more time that Atsu's pace he needs to use his pace he needs to watch Atsu play because he's not rapid Almiron's rapid Atsu's not um, but you know fits his agenda so where did Atsu play today? today left wing ok because every time I saw him he was in the middle <laughs> and I noticed that Almiron was out wide and I thought that maybe they were playing Atsu in the middle and Almiron out wide and I'm thinking well fucking swap him over oh, Christ only knows what he's doing um, so really it's very rare you come up with a game there's absolutely not one positive to take from it um, but I don't think I can name anyone um, the only player I like right our entire team is, is St Maximin and he didn't even get on so that doesn't bode well yeah. And then it's Man United next week and Chelsea away the, the, after the national yeah, break. Yeah, so you've got two, you've got two pretty well. You, Man United are a bit iffy at the moment, I suppose. Um, but yeah, this was this was a, a terrible performance. What I saw I, I, when Leicester went three 0 up, I generally thought it was going to be a fucking cricket score. Well, I was so annoyed by the second goal because as soon as you take the shot, I'm thinking, yeah, shoot from there. You can't score from there. And Dubravka just wasn't yeah. in the right place. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 so it was, bad. yeah, it was shocking. You Absolutely know, the, the, the first goal, Ricardo, you know, hasn't, hasn't you know hasn't scored for over a year, um, and it was just like it was as if the defence were trying their best not to give him an option to pass it through to Vardy. Yeah, it was they were too focused on where Vardy was going yeah. instead. Just let Ricardo roll through the middle of the pitch. Yeah, gave him absolutely no choice but to have a go. And he's a he's a he's a right back who's known for scoring goals. Yeah, I know he scored last week as well, yeah. but uh, he took the, he took it well to be fair to him. Like, but if no one's going to stop him, then of course you're going to score. Most professional footballers will in that scenario, I imagine. And this is a Leicester that didn't have James Madison. It was know, their I best player this season. I think that's the really scary thing. <laughs> yeah, they they, um, they they looked they looked really good. Yeah, I mean, we we look like a relegation candidate um, throughout the whole team. You, you, there's no goals there, and uh-huh. now we're starting to ship goals as well. People used to take the make oh Benitez for playing eleven behind the ball. The team's not good enough to be expansive, and whatever whatever else you want to call it, like yeah. it's a it's a fundamentally very poor squad. Yeah, I hate to say it, but there's a stat that I come across before we started recording uh, that Sunderland have more wins against Premier League teams this season than Newcastle. Yeah, well, <laughs> that sums, says a lot, doesn't it? Sums it up, really, doesn't it? Um, I, I don't know where we go from here, to be honest, because uh, it seems obvious that whatever Bruce is trying, it doesn't work. Whenever mm-hmm. he tries to, to change and put in his own formations, his own tactics, it ends in disaster. How much of the blame 
is on Bruce for today. Now, don't get me wrong, he's made some strange decisions for playing places, and obviously he's chosen that formation. Uh, and he, you know, But he has only got certain players available to him and stuff like that. How much is on the players at this point? Uh, well, quite a bit, because Hayden's red card, all right, we probably would have lost anyway, but 1-0 down, down to 10 men. It's not. It's not a. It's right before half time as well. Isn't it's, it? you it's know, not going a, at half time one 0 down with your with your full eleven. You've got the opportunity to give them a kick up the arse and be like, "Come on, lads." Well, exactly. And if you get it to you know one 0 down after an hour seventy minutes, bring on Carroll, go a bit more direct. It might have been a different story. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can't ignore the forty minutes before the red card where yeah. we were second best in absolutely every area. Um, so, in some ways, you know, I'm. I applaud him for trying something different, but there's a time and a place. And, and Leicester at home, uh, Leicester away, sorry, it's, it's not really the time to try and be more expansive. Mm-hmm. Everyone knows the way to beat Leicester is to be deep and compact, soak up the pressure, like we did last year, or last season rather, and uh, and say where you can get. Because as soon as you know they've tried playing Vardy in over the top five, ten times and it doesn't work, they need a plan B, yeah. and, they not, and they might not have one. Um, but we made it so easy for them to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so this is Leicester's biggest win in the Premier League. Uh, they're also, I think, they're four points, maybe more better off than the the season they won the league really? at this stage. Yeah, they're, they're having they're having their best Premier League season at the moment. Uh, obviously, Fantastic. not at the end of it. Obviously, um, Muto for, for you guys. Just really, never seems to get a break, does he? Uh, I really want to like Muto because he, he, you know, he works hard off the ball and he's. Uh, He's got a bit of pace and zip about him, and I actually like the idea of him and Joel Linton as a, as a, as a strike force, mm-hmm. but I probably should have scored, yeah. to be honest. <laughs> his first start for you guys today, I believe, and uh, he gets uh, taken off when Hayden gets yeah, sent was, off. He was the for, man sacrificed. Yeah, he scored against Leicester in, in the Cup game uh, in August. Uh, it, was, it was a tap-in, but you know they all count, but... Um, I just get that he's got like loan to the Bundesliga written all over him, unfortunately. <laughs> like, like, he's... I say I really want to like him, but it's it just doesn't happen for him. He, he uh, as you say, he never seems to get the breaks, and some of that's down to him. I say you probably should have scored today. Mm-hmm. If you're a striker, you've got to expect that. That's I suppose chance to come. I suppose this is the thing with the model you've got at Newcastle, because we know that Bruce hasn't made these signings and whatever, because obviously the Joe Linton deal was going on at the end of last season and stuff like that. So they're not really picking players to complement. So like Muto and. Joe Linton don't seem like a partnership, if you know what I mean. Well, Mudo was uh, was a Rafa signing. He came last year. Yeah. Um, no, but, but that's what I mean. But oh, I don't, sorry, I don't right, think yeah. they're taking into account. Yeah. The, so whereas a manager will look at a player and think, right, he they don't always pick the best players because they think this player works for the system I want to play hmm. and it will work with with what I've got. So, say for example, you've got forty million to spend. You're going to spend it on a striker, and you squad the rest of your squad's going to stay the same. You want to spend, but you're not going to go out and necessarily buy the best striker out there because he might not fit your way of playing if you know what I mean yeah I see what you mean yeah, um, yeah but obviously that's not happening at, at Newcastle because other people are making those decisions well, I think the problem is he, he doesn't know what he wants to do hmm. I, I don't think Bruce really has a has that much of a plan um, you almost want to get the stage now where you say well we're shipping goals if Carroll's fit you almost just want to go right let's let's be strong at the back and let's get in the big man and we'll hold it up and then we'll try and make our way up the field that way but at the minute the gap between not just the the strikers in the midfield but all three parts of the team is so big it's uh, it's just asking for trouble and a team like Leicester is obviously going to mm-hmm. punish us for that so uh, I, I, I really don't know what's going to happen next Um did you stick around for the interviews afterwards? Or uh, I've read them. I've not, I didn't watch them because yeah. I, I, I heard Lascelles was he pulling won't. no punches yeah, to an he extent. Was, like I was surprised he didn't swear. He <laughs> was he was living. You could tell that he was being very careful mm. about what he was saying. And but yeah, he literally slated himself and his teammates and, and stuff like that. And then like so yeah, he was like it's terrible, it's awful and whatever. And then Bruce came in afterwards and they were like, Oh you, Lascelles has just come out and he said this and Bruce was like, It was probably worse than that to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you can you can tell that they care and stuff like that. But the, yeah. unfortunately with Lascelles it didn't look like they they cared on the pitch and stuff. And it, you're right, it does look like Bruce is clueless. It's like he doesn't know what to do with the players and stuff because Steve Bruce isn't a terrible manager. 
I don't think anyway. Don't get me wrong; he's not a great manager, but he's not a bad manager. He he, he's, he not... he's pulled things off in the past. Yeah, but that's a problem though. He's not a Premier League manager, or hasn't been for at least what ten years. Um, he was just about getting by with uh, championship jobs. You know, he, he didn't get Villa promoted. Um, Dean Smith came in and took them from what fourteenth to to promotion. Mm. Um, and uh, obviously, he's now in in the league with us. And I just get the impression he's been outcoached by just about everyone he faces. And the only the only games of one, like I say, is when he's gone back to the way Benitez was playing last season, which was the Spurs game, where we just on another day we wouldn't have won, but you know defended well, got the break, got the goal, held on to it. Um, anything he's tried outside of that, he's been more or less embarrassed. Like last week against Brighton, say it looked like a, a dinosaur manager against someone like Graham Potter, who all right, Brighton aren't fantastic, but he's trying to implement a, a plan and an idea there where you know they're going to be more expansive and they're going to play this way, they're going to do this, they're going to do that. And if it works, great. And if it doesn't work, then he's got a plan B and a plan C. Whereas we just seem to make it up on the fly. Every every week seems to be something different. Another brainwave he's had, which goes out the window after a couple of minutes. Yeah, I said, the thing is now, I said, I, I don't see Bruce seeing out the season one way or the other. But but who comes in and revitalises that squad in any way? I was getting really annoyed earlier because uh, apparently... Uh, Van Bronckhorst really wanted the job in the summer mm-hmm. and we didn't even interview him he's gone to uh, Man City now hasn't he has he gone there yeah, he's at Man City They've, he, apparently he's been given like all access like uh, to go in there and, and do whatever he wants basically he's just like doing some coaching type role don't know if he's contracted or if he's just going into you know while he's between jobs or whatever <laughs> but that's the type of manager I'd rather have someone who is um, you know a bit younger, a bit more dynamic, a bit more in touch with the modern game. Mm. Um, let's be honest. Obviously, the problems at Newcastle start at the very top, yeah, and fill up their way down. There's only so much any manager can do, as as Rafa found out to his cost ultimately. But um, I tend to think that any manager who is going to come in is going to have to come in quite soon because uh, it's going to get to a point where it's unsavable. Mm-hmm. Or Peter Kenyon, he's uh, coming in to buy the club again, apparently. Is the talk. Yeah, I saw this, but I think any deal that's fought well in the papers is probably not going to happen. I think after himself did a, well, I wouldn't say an interview, but more of a press release with uh, the guy from the Daily Mail mm. in the summer, and he just said, you know, if, if and when we get bought out, you'll hear about it when it's done. You won't hear about it beforehand. So again, I'm immediately very sceptical about it. Um, at this point, though, I don't care who who takes over. Someone's got to, got mm-hmm. to take over because unless they actively don't want us to go up, they can't be any worse than what we've currently got. Because yeah. everything we do now is uh, it's it's on a budget and it's to a point and it's you know if we can finish seventeenth, Mike Ashley will be delighted. Mm. Would you? Ta- oh, sorry, Carol. I was that's it's not a way to to run any football club. Would you take a relegation if it meant the club got sold in the summer and a rebuilding oh. job took place? Hundred percent, absolutely. Um, I just want to support a club again that actually tries. Like, I've already given up my season tickets. Um, I haven't been to a home game yet this season. I don't really want to. Like, I don't want to give them my money. Mm-hmm. I don't look forward to our games. Um, if if the thing is, like, when Rafa was there, it gave us something to believe in because he was better than us. Mm-hmm. Um, but without him there and the players we've got now they're just budget players I know some of the cost of fortune but then me and you said when when, the, when Joe Linton signed he scored seven goals last season in the Bundesliga and we paid 40 million for him <laughs> yeah, yeah and that's I mean, what you mean you can tell that it's not it's not a manager spending that money no you know, don't get me wrong he looks alright he doesn't look a terrible player but look at the strikers who've been bought for less like Haller who's a very similar sort of player at, mm-hmm. at, at West Ham okay he's not banging in the goals but he's he's, he's playing well and you know and Joe Linton, I think, in a without being horrible, in a better team, I think he'd do all right. Well, that's it. It's not really fair on him to judge him because he's not playing in a in a proper football team. But would it, if you were given the choice, would you take a punt on forty million Joe Linton or sixteen million Rondon? Given bear in mind Rondon had already had well, last a, season, with you, us. you'd had a season with Rondon where he'd scored what he scored what twelve, fifteen goals for you. Yeah, and he had a he had a good a good relationship with Almiron and. Yeah to an extent Atsu and you know he knew the team he knew the club he was well liked and you know Joe Linton might go on to be all those things but I didn't see the point in taking a gamble on a 40 million striker who hasn't exactly 
pulled up trees in the Bundesliga mm-hmm. when there was a ready-made replacement for half, less than half the price. All right, he's a bit older, and you'll probably never see that 16 million again. But you're not going to get 40 million back for Joe Linton. Mm-hmm. But yeah, again, that that's a decision made by people in suits. You know, yeah, exactly. I think you'd, I think even Steve Bruce probably wouldn't make that decision. He would probably rather have had that 40 million to go and, you know, spend 16 million on Rondon, which would have been a good PR move for him when he came in. And mm-hmm. then, you know, you got 24 million then, you know, think of all the championship midfielders he could have snapped up for that. <laughs> you know, but I think well, even then that had improved you to how you are now. Because well, it'd, it'd give you players with a better fight, and but that, there is no fight in that team. No, nah, it was garbage. Yeah. I, felt, I felt bad for Longstaff, actually, because he was... Every time I saw him, he seemed to be on the floor scrapping for the ball. I mean, I say he didn't have his best game, but at least he was actually trying. Um, and there was too many on there who weren't. Um, I say next next Sunday we've got Man United. Um, kind of hope my wife goes into labour before that game, so I don't have to watch, <laughs> don't, don't have to watch it. Cause... Oh dear! But yeah, it's it's not it's not good. Uh, we've got to talk about Leicester though. Unfortunately. Oh yeah, but, no, but, fair play. Like they, they beat what was in front of them, and they beat us well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they they were they were really good to say. No, Madison has been their best player. Uh, they're up to third in the league. It's the, say, their biggest win in the league. Uh, Jamie Vardy has now scored ten goals in ten home games under Brendan Rodgers, and fourteen in seventeen games since Rodgers came to the club. I say I think we spoke about this the other week how he struggled under Puel. Mm-hmm. He's flourishing under Rodgers, and like I think, I think even Sky said when they interviewed Jamie Vardy, uh, his goals were typical Jamie Vardy of a couple of seasons ago. Yeah. You know, the, the first one, okay, it was a goalkeeping mistake, I suppose, but it was a ball that he ran onto and put away, and then the second, an all an all Brighton cross. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the difference in Leicester since Rodgers took over is quite remarkable, really, but. I don't know what Claude Puel was thinking. He's probably our next manager. Like, how, how, <laughs> how, how, how on earth he didn't get a tune out of all those players yeah. and decided that playing so defensively was the way forward? I, I've just no idea. But um, Leicester were very good, and mm-hmm. they look far better than Man United, even though they lost them a few weeks ago. Yeah, yeah they, look, they look better which, than most teams in the league, I think. Yeah, I think they're well-placed to have a go at the top four. Um, the depth's not brilliant. If Vardy, if anything happens to Vardy, then you get Kelechi Iheanacho, which... Mm-hmm. <laughs> isn't isn't great for uh, a second was... when indeed he scored I thought it was an Inacho <laughs> and I was like oh my god that really rubs it in because it, uh, it, it didn't look like indeed like the way he took the touch and everything I was like that's not oh. a mid- that's not a defensive midfielder <laughs> no that would have summed it all up like if I Inacho scoring but uh, no I mean Leicester, Leicester were, I quite like Leicester to be honest it, it's a shame we've been pummeled by them but um, I don't dislike watching them play mm. um, they've got a lot of you know Plays were easy on the eye. Uh, I did laugh today, though, after 20 minutes when Alan Smith was waxing lyrical over uh, Telemans. I said to uh, Steph, I was watching the game, I said, I bet he gets man the match, even if Leicester score five. You'll still find <laughs> it. Because I've I, I, I always had this theory that Alan Smith picks out one player who he likes watching from, from other matches and, and just decides, watch, just watch decides he's going to be his man of the match. And I was right. Because, I mean, he was all right, but he wasn't man the match today. I was going to say, I thought, indeed, he was really good. Um... I, tell you, I, I like that defender, that Suyuncu. Suyuncu, uh, yeah. Good, apparently, um, uh, there's a few big clubs looking at him now. I think <laughs> Ch- Chelsea have been linked with him this week and stuff like that. You know, Arsenal passed up the chance to sign him. Uh, well, apparently he turned us down, which makes a lot of fucking sense. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's that, that's that's about it then for the weekend. I say, I, I, I was when I saw the the result, I was like, oh. How, can we just not talk about Sunday's game? But I'm glad we did. I think they've been a 20 minute show. Uh, so yeah, Man United Arsenal tomorrow. Um, uh, what are your thoughts on this? Then? I don't know. You know, like we we were we were all right at the end of the Villa game and stuff like that. And Man United have been appalling. But you know, it's it's one of those games when it all goes out the window, really, it, isn't it? It just reminds us a bit of uh, the Rashford game a few years ago, under Van Gaal, when uh, you know Man United were missing most of their team, and they had the likes of Rashford, who was pretty much an unknown quantity at the time. Yeah. And everyone expected you to you know beat them and beat them well, but yeah. I think they end up winning two or three one or something. Yeah, so um, Rashford's got twice, didn't they? Yeah. Now, I, by the sound of things, Man United have got no Rashford and no Martial tomorrow. Yeah. And Pogba uh, seems to be a doubt as well, yeah. but. Um, Mason Greenwood is apparently he's looking to start, so that'll be him scoring twice. <laughs> Possibly. Uh, I don't. I don't know. We've been all right. You know, we've got a uh, Tierney back who played great in in the the cup game in the in midweek. Uh, Bellerin's going to miss out. 
but Chambers had a fantastic game for us. Uh, he, he, Chambers has been great for us when he's played this season, anyway. Um, but he played. Um, he played. He came on and played right back when uh, uh, the weekend, uh, the midweek in, in the cup game. Uh, it was interesting though because he he got involved. He was involved in two of our goals, and um, Emery came out and said he wasn't very happy with him because he told him to stay back, and he kept bombing forward and overlapping. <laughs> Uh, and stuff like that, but yeah, as I say, Tierney's due to get his first his first Premier League start for us, and like um, Rob Holding is, is due to to play, who played again in midweek and scored, uh, and Rob Holding has done nothing but big up Kieran Tierney all week in interviews. <laughs> They've been interviewing Rob Tierney about his comeback, and he has done nothing but say how impressed he is with Kieran Tierney and stuff like that. So I, I think it, I, th- I think it'll be interesting, you know. But I think Arsenal fans are putting a, a lot. Of weight into this game because obviously we're we're not having a great season. But I say if if results had gone our way this weekend and we win tomorrow, we could have been third. If you win, if you win seven nil, you will be. Yeah, I know, no, because I think we can only get thirteen. I know we've got eleven points, haven't we? Yeah, yeah you'll, go, you'll go to fourteen. Yeah. But you know, I mean, I, I don't think you'll win seven nil at Old Trafford. Well, you, nev- you never know. <laughs> you know, but we, we, we're sitting here saying how great Leicester and West Ham and that lot are, and you know, and they're in the top four. Yeah, if Arsenal were to win tomorrow and go into the top four, no one would be going on about how great Arsenal season is and and stuff like that. But I know we're supposed to be a bigger tier of club, but you know, given recent results in recent years, I'd argue we're about the same. Leicester have had more success than us in the last couple of seasons. Yeah, you know, they've won the league. Um, what, what do you make of the uh, the democratic vote of Jagger as captain? The players obviously see something in him, and I can see he's got the qualities. It's I just reckon, his play is just a bit weird, isn't it? I reckon he must get the Gregs in on a morning, like on the, <laughs> on, the, on, on, the on the WhatsApp group. <laughs> That's why the yeah, 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 yeah. I, I don't know. I say uh, Emery has this thing where he picks five captains, doesn't he, and stuff like that. He, he did it when he came to the club, uh, but you know, letting the players vote. It, it, you know, you want someone that the players are going to respond to, you know, and you do see Jacker out there shouting and stuff like that, but then you see him also falling over the ball and playing stupid passes and making stupid tackles. I think if he tightened his game up, I think he'd be a bit better. But then again, what other options do you have? You know, I don't like to see strikers as, as captains, so, you know, Aubameyang, you know, it's hard to lead the team from the front. Um, David Luiz would have been my other choice, but... You know, or, or or Socrates, but are they going to play every week? You know, we don't know what our best back four is at the moment. Uh, if you don't like players as captain trotting on the ball, then uh, David Luiz probably isn't your man. Wow. Socrates uh, collects more cards than anyone else, but yeah. no, that's the, that's the problem. There's no standout candidate. That's it, you know. But we'll, except we'll Ca- except Callum Chambers, who would have been my choice. Maybe I say Rob, Rob, he's been all right. You can't argue. He had a great season for Fulham, despite them being relegated. He was their best player, which says a lot, um, you know. And he's 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 played two games for us this season. We kept two clean sheets. He was the best. His last game in the Premier League, uh, he was the best player. I think he got man of the match, and then it was dropped. There you go. So scored yeah. scored last week. I mean, Christ. Yeah, that's it. What I, do you want? I'm expecting I'm expecting a back four tomorrow of Chambers. Holding Louise and Tierney, and I think that should probably well we've we've ignoring Chambers because obviously Bellerin's going to come back in, but I'm expecting that to be three of our back four for the rest of the season. So Holding over Socrates. Yes, I would play Holding. I think Louise will get the best out of Holding because okay, Louise is prone to a clanger and does playing clown shoes occasionally, but he's experienced. He's a winner. Uh, you know he's got he, he's got those qualities, and he, he I think he can guide another defender through the game, which mm. I think is what we can be missing. We have two defenders who play as individuals, whereas when we used to have like Murtasaka and Koscielny, okay, neither of them were f- individually fantastic. You know, as much as I love both of them, um, but they they pulled each other through the game. If you know what I mean, and you'll hear yeah. a lot of defenders say they're better for having another defender can pull. I think Socrates has got that in him. But he's also he sees red every now and again, and stuff like that, uh, you know. So I think, yeah, you know, and I think Holding will cover for Louise more when Louise goes forward because he's not an attacking-minded centre back, you know. Whereas someone like Socrates and stuff, again, he even though he's so big, he likes to drift out into 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 
midfield and stuff like that. So, to be fair, the way Mustafi's playing, I'd have him back in at the moment. He, he's kept two clean sheets this season as well. God, I forgot he was even there. Yeah, well, <laughs> he, his time was up at the club, but he's come in and played played two cup games and, and, and been quite impressive, to be fair. Hmm. Well, but it'll all go wrong somewhere. Who would have thought we'd have the day where Arsenal have defensive options? Oh, yeah. But still not great options, though, are they? But, oh, no, no. And we've come out this week and said we're not signing anyone in the, in January, even though we've been scouting uh, most <laughs> of the Bundesliga for the last few weeks, which is strange. But maybe that's just to put people off the scent. <laughs> uh, anything else you want to cover, Dave? Uh, no, um, I think I've depressed myself enough for one week. Okay, I'm about to go and buy a T-shirt with Steve Bruce's face on it to make me feel better. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't do that. Uh, so, yeah, that is it. Please pimp your socials, sir. Uh, on Twitter, I am at CM9798, or the website is cm9798.co.uk. Excellent. You can find us at Man on the Post. Uh, I believe we still have a coffee coffee thing. I haven't heard anyone mention it in a while. Uh, I think that's still a thing. There'll be links on all of our social media. So, yeah, we are at Man on the Post on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all of those things. Uh, so come and interact with us and say hi. Uh, I believe Ross has got some that pansy American rugby thing that they do at 2 o'clock in the morning. Uh, I believe there's some kind of like weird podcasting thing about where non-American people talk about that. Um, so yeah check that out if you're into American football I've never listened to it it could be American people Ross I'm sorry I just wanted to highlight it in some way Uh, and that is it then so don't forget to keep your man on the post